0: the first question you're going to ask is, okay, well, um, can I understand your data business a little bit better? Are you a data broker? Um, Do you have an identity graph? Are you a controller of data? Are you a processor of data? Okay. And then to your point, okay, let's say we land on the fact that they're an identity graph, right? And they have the ability to stitch together these digital identifiers, these digital linkages um, to unify and create this persistent identifier of who these individuals are, but there's different ingredients inside of an identity graph. And uh, there's really two big ingredients that make um, an identity grab.
1: You're listening to the Digital Data Cafe podcast, where we talk about everything data driven in your world. Join us each week to hear from the world's top business and industry leaders on why using data in a digital world matters. Here's your host, Albert Thompson.
0: All right welcome welcome podcast folks I'm Albert Thompson your host from digital Data cafe and I'm with uh, my co-host uh, Jason Harris if you guys take a look here we took it outside um, it's it's hard to do work uh, when it's 88 degrees I get to be that I get to be that guy um, for all of you out there that's like oh man look at look at the backyard but um, Jason how you doing
1: I am doing well man thank you this is gonna be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time today. I, you know, I love anytime we get a chance to sit down and especially on a sunny day like today, but anytime we get a chance to sit down and talk data, you, you, you know, I just get overly excited about that. And, and I think today's topic is so incredibly timely, you know, uh, especially with every agency out there trying to maximize every single dollar that's being spent for their clients. You know, more and more data companies are popping up like it seems like weekly. Seems like weekly, there's like a new provider out there, you know?
0: Yeah, I think there is. I think a lot of companies out there are are seeing, you know, the opportunity to you know dive into the world of data. And I think, you know, it's it's definitely uh, an attractive vertical. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's where the economy is is looking for, you know, marketing officers and and executives are looking for the opportunity to find better ways to engage their customers, right? Yes. Um, they're looking for ways to personalize their marketing uh and, and really truly understand this looming you know death of the third party cookie uh so yeah i think a lot of platform uh, companies are trying to pop up and trying to all solve that problem so you have to you know really understand you know what it means and, and who you're dealing with
1: well and, and it is it's who are you dealing with you know i um you know i've been hit up you know because my title on linkedin is you know director of marketing um you know i've been hit up by more data companies i think probably in the last you know Thirty to forty-five days. You know that I need. That I didn't even know existed. To be totally honest with you, I was like, "Hey, you know, you're in charge of marketing, so you need to be buying data from us, and you know, we have the best." You know, you know, what's funny is out of all the emails I've gotten from all these people that are are wanting to sell me data, every one of them is the best, Albert. Every single one. They're all number one. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, well, I think that's like with anything, right? You know. I mean, everybody's the best. I remember, shoot, man, you know this. Back in the day, with automotive, it was it was so everything was proprietary. Everything was AI and machine learning. It's like, come on, you know, you 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 have an agency or whatever the case is, but it's it's highly unlikely that you're the number one um, at, at everything. But you know, I think there's a lot of good players in the space that are solving some big problems, and I think there's you know other. You know, companies that you have to sometimes look a little deeper and and ask the right questions.
1: Well, and, and I'm so glad you said that because that's a perfect segue into our topic today. You know, it's like, you know, not all data companies are created equal. And, you know, if, if, hey, if you're a marketer out there, if you're an agency owner, you know, this is your podcast. This is the podcast. All right. Um, If you're not, you need to go get that person, bring them in. All right. This is the podcast for you because we're today we're talking about, you know, how do we vet these companies? What questions do we need to ask to ensure that we're getting the best data set uh, for our clients to improve improve our marketing efforts? So I know the first top the first question that everyone should be asking. Go ahead, Albert, take it away. What's the first question that you should be asking?
0: Yeah, I think the first. I mean, a lot of firsts, right? Um, uh, I can think of about ten firsts, uh, but for me, I think the first one, right, is is really understanding. You know, the foundational way that they're sourcing or collecting their data or 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 even building their data right Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, how
0: how are they doing that that's the first question i would be asking
1: yeah right it's like you know like everybody out there is claiming they have the best identity graph in the world you know everybody else's identity graph is crap we're the only one you should be working with we have the best, right so you know how i I think when the to your point i mean i think it's one of the first questions you should be asking is 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 how is your identity graph built you know, and there's a lot of different ways to do that so so I'll ask you Albert like you know if if I'll play agency, you play data company, all right, I'm asking you you know what should I kind of expect when I ask that question of how is your identity graph built?
0: <clears throat> well, I think the first question is you know uh, first off, you know, understand this, right? There's a lot of companies that um proclaim they have data and to and I think are really you know almost masquerading as um you know companies that are are really controllers of data right so there's there's really two types of of data um companies that that move data right um there's controllers meaning like they actually are the companies that, that own and control the data they have an identity graph they're um you know stitching these data linkages together um creating persistent identifiers uh that's super important then there's processors right processors are Folks that, you know, could take that data or they buy data from data brokers and they try to stitch it together in some unified way so that you can use it for some marketing or some offline or online digital activation. Um, and they're not really the owners of the controllers or the consent managers, so to speak, of that data and their processors. So, I, so, so I think- would you
1: consider them like a, like a reseller, like the more of like a reseller? They're, they're They're taking data, doing this very minimal processing on it and then just kind of reselling it back out?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. I mean, it's, you know, listen, it could be a little bit more in depth than that because they might add some of their own um special sauce. But, you know, the the, the main thing is, right, um, you, you need to know the difference. Are you a controller of data or a processor of data? And they all serve their own purposes.
1: No, what would be the benefit? All right. So if I'm talking to a data company, like I said, I'm playing agency today. So I'm talking to a data company. How does it benefit me, the agency, of working with someone who controls versus someone who processes?
0: All right, I I think that's a great question, right? So um, first off, it's all about the context of data protection and privacy, right? Mm, Yes. Um, Super important. So let's talk about in the context of data protection and privacy laws. Um, A data controller is the entity, let me get this right, the entity that will be the person that, or the company that will determine the purposes of uh, how the personal data is processed, um, how it's stitched together, how is the identities resolved, Um, How is that personal data collected um, on behalf of of these consumers? How is it managed? How is the opt-in managed? Um, Additionally, the controller is the one that has the overall responsibility for ensuring that personal data is processing compliance, right? With other relevant data protection laws. Um, So this means making sure that, you know, how it's collected, how it's stored, ensuring that the data is accurate, it's up to date. Making sure that individuals are provided with um, appropriate notices, right? I mean, that opt out and the management and the consent is is super important. Um, also, the controller is going to be the one responsible for um, responding back and forth with the data subjects, right? So, like, hey, if a data request comes in, um, an audit request comes in, that's the entity that's the main person, uh, main company that's controlling that. Where the processor, on the other hand, right, is is more responsible for processing the data on behalf of the controller so So
1: yeah they're kind of like this middleman they're not necessarily responsible for kind of i mean they should be responsible but it's kind of this weird area because they're not the ones that are kind of putting their neck on the line saying that this is consent we have that record on on staff because they're playing middleman but would would that be a a good way to look at it
0: yeah yeah i mean ultimately the the processor is going to be the one that's going to be responsible for for processing um, you know the, the data on behalf of the controller's instructions, right? Gotcha. So like, you know, if, if we're working with somebody that's that's utilizing our data, we're a controller, right? So driven IQ is a controller of data,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so this goes. This this is a long way of talking about the identity graph, right? Um, whereas the processor, you know, they might take our identity graph and they might utilize the data, right, to implement whatever technical or uh, marketing measurement or whatever uh, application that they have. Um, And there's going to be measurements in place that we're going to require them to protect the personal data and they must comply with those requirements um, to continue to be able to uh, do data processing um, or um, identity resolution, for example. So um, it's worth noting that you should know the difference of if you're engaging with a a processor or controller. So I think that's the first one, right? Um, And I think going back to that identity graph, right? uh, Super important, right? Because the identity graph is the... Foundational way that you are as a controller, right? So you probably won't have an identity graph, so to speak, if you're a processor, right? Uh, and if
1: you do, it's somebody else's. Because, like I you said, you're kind of this middleman, you know, like you may have gotten some data from uh, another company that did utilize an identity graph and combined it with another set, so on. But yeah, you know, the controllers, if they're controller data, they have their own identity graph. This is the one thing I love about this because, you know, it, uh, growing up, my mom worked in restaurants. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I'm always fascinated with chefs. You know, I love watching cooking shows at home with my kids and everything like that, because at the end of the day, it's the same ingredients, but it's the chef that can Mm -hmm. make the biggest, biggest difference. Right. And, and, and I, and I don't know, maybe that's the way my brain is processing it, but that's how I kind of see these controllers, right. Is that a lot of them are kind of working with similar ingredients, maybe some of them have some slightly different ingredients, but it's, it's, it's their it's their ability to put that together, that makes a wildly different dish at the end of the day.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I think that's a really actually a very, very good segue to talk about the ingredients that make up identity graphs.
1: Yes, right.
0: Uh, Because really, there, you know, if you think about it, so let's say the first question you're gonna ask is, okay, well, Um, can I understand your data business a little bit better? Are you a data broker? Um, Do you have an identity graph? Are you a controller of data? Are you a processor of data? Okay. And then to your point, okay, let's say we land on the fact that they're an identity graph, right? And they have the ability to stitch together these digital identifiers, these digital linkages um, to unify and create this persistent identifier of who these individuals are. But there's different ingredients inside of an identity graph. And, uh, there's really two big ingredients that make, um, an identity graph. There's what's called a deterministic. And so you'll hear this big, um, language, right? I deterministic. Buzzwords.
1: They're my favorite right? words. Yep.
0: Right. Or probabilistic. And, and, and you know what, what's interesting about that, Jason, is there is, this is going around a lot like a buzzword.
1: I know, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a buzzword, but I've, I've I'm hearing it used as one. You know what I
0: mean? That's right. And that's scary. Yes. Because that is that is I mean that is beyond frightening because um, that is fundamentally critical to the methodology of the accuracy and I mean, literally fundamentally critical to the to the accuracy of the data. It's literally oranges and apples um, let me just start with what a deterministic graph is. I think that's the best way to to, to do it. so we are, for example a purely deterministic identity graph, okay? So we're using factual PII, personal identifiable information. Mm -hmm. Um, These are digital identifiers, linkages, right? Data linkages. Um, And and think of these linkages such as an email address, um, a phone number, a mobile ad ID, uh, a CTV ID, customer IDs, um, all of these things, right? That we can sequentially build on a table based approach, right? So we have a multiple table based approach um, to actually match the customer's data across various touch points and devices, right? Um, and so if you think about it, it's like, it's it, when I look at the back end uh, hierarchy of how our developers have done this, I mean, much smarter people than I, but I mean, there's thousands of scripts that are literally firing a- in the back end across multiple data points that says, hey, if this is A and that's B and this is C, then this is D and then that's Y. And then that makes this line of, you know, personal identifier information with all of these segments to basically say with hundred percent certainty, um, and a very high degree of accuracy that this is the person, um, legally opted in compliant and it's determining who this person is, um, from first party data. So deterministic matching is based on a one to one match of a single identifier. Okay.
1: And that's truly the chef in this scenario
0: that we that's, that's the chef, how this was built. Yep. right. And and each identifier must match right sequentially and how fast you can put it together. That's a whole other thing. But the point is, you know, we're resolving data extremely fast. But yes, one to 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 to equal X, right? Probabilistic, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. they use statistical algorithms and machine learning to match some customer data access points and devices and touch points. Even if there's no direct link between the points.
1: Yes, so- I've actually seen a scenario of this playing out recently uh, where um, this person had a very unique last name. And, you know, uh, so their first name, you know, started with an N and they had this very unique last name. And it connected it to, uh, there was a probabilistic that came in. I was combing through it and it connected to some opposite person across the country. All right. Because it, created this probabilistic, you know, scoring of saying, well, that last name is so unique and how many Nancy's with that last name actually exist?" We're going to say the probability is that is the right person. In this case, it wasn't. It,
0: and listen, and, and here's the thing is I'm going to explain at the very end why there's, there's benefits and pros and cons to both. And, and here's the thing is, and, in, in, in as we scale out the business, right, we can actually start to use different logic uh, that can be a combination of both. And I'll explain that in a second too. But, um, so where deterministic matching is based on a one-to-one match, right? Yes. That a single identifier can be used to match that customer across all devices and all touch points, right? So think about that. One single identifier can be linked across all devices and all touch points. So when you're activating that across the digital pathways, you know it doesn't matter if uh, you know Albert Thompson, 123 Main Street, Anytown, USA. We know that it's a one-to-one match across all devices, across all touch points, that if he scans that QR code at, at Planet Fitness and he's looking at his device, uh, you know the, the the screen on the treadmill and he's watching a YouTube video, he's watching this podcast. Yep. And an ad comes up, right? It doesn't matter because it's a one-to-one um, identifier that matches across the touch points. Doesn't matter where he's at, as long as that device connects to it, it's you, you know that that's the person you're advertising to. Where probabilistic, right, uses those algorithms to actually doesn't matter, right? It can, can not have a direct link, yes. right? But it can say, hey, listen, that even though between these two data points, there's no personal identifiable link between these two data points, but it can make an educated guess. Yes. About data points belong to that individual.
1: Yes. I've actually had this problem when I, uh, I actually run into this problem. So, you know, uh, there is another Jason Donald Harris that was born February 3rd. Uh, now, this other Jason Donald Harris lives on the other side of the country. All right, and has done some things that he probably shouldn't have done. All right, okay. right cross the border. All right, that's what they're using. They're using a, pl- a probabilistic scoring of like, wait a second, how many Jason Donald Harrises with this birth date can actually exist? Now, it's happened to me three times. And it's never a big deal they usually just kind of pull me over they look through my documentation and go oh yeah no that's not you uh but that's what it is it's this algorithm that's created this probability that this individual could be me and i get flagged and i get pulled over so
0: here's what i love about that right deterministic very simple one-to-one match across a data point with a verifiable identifier right yes linking the two points probabilistic matching right no direct linkage points. It doesn't have to be a direct linkage points. It relies on an algorithm, right? That it can basically connect the dots such as browsing history, IP addresses, location you know, to make educated guesses. Probabilistic matching is one to many match, meaning that multiple identifiers, right? So remember I said earlier, deterministic is one identifier across all touch points across all devices, right? Yes. probabilistic is one to many match meaning that multiple identifiers can be used to match that customer's data across multiple touch points of multiple devices in, in, in a probabilistic way right so um, I, I think in short deterministic matching the way we view it right is it's more accurate and reliable than probabilistic I mean,
1: it's 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 the cream of the crop right you know, like I mean, if and I think that's why this is such an, an incredibly important question. If if you're an agency out there, or or if you're you're in charge of marketing for your company, um, I think this is probably one of the most important questions that you need need to be asking. It's not that you know um, the the other data models it's not that it's better i mean i guess it is better it's just a higher quality right it's like you know it's it's the difference between you know me going out there and buying just steak all right buying versus buying wagyu all right it's it's still beef it's still beef at the end of the day all right there's a very 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 difference in the quality of right of how that was built
0: yeah so okay look at it this way right uh deterministic matching um it is definitely we know for certainty so it depends on the use case right so where we are developing a, an audience management platform for us the accuracy of the device level at the household we couldn't guess at that right because if you look at the shopping profiles at a household um they could be very different right um so here's an example um, I, I like to, to share this example, right? So if, if, if you did it at the household match and you were trying to probabilistic match, you know, the identities at the household, if you got to one, two, three main street and you were at the Thompson household, right? Well, based on the behaviors and the IPS and the browsing history and all of these things, right? Um, you might make the leap that Albert Thompson is out there buying handbags, uh, high heels, uh, <laughs> shoes, uh, dresses. No, don't know,
1: no, and- Albert. I have spent, no, I'm just messing.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, my wife's shopping profile is significantly different than the shopping profile of Albert Thompson.
1: I, I would agree with that, yes.
0: Great. So, you know, I- I'm not gonna necessarily be the person that the real, real is gonna wanna serve ads to. Yes. Okay. But, you know, if you knew 100% with certainty that, you know, um, this is Albert Thompson. These eight devices are linked to Albert Thompson. Well, then guess what? Then I, I, I would venture to say that it would probably be better to serve me ads about data, data technology or up and coming AI, something along that line versus an, an ad for the real real. But on the flip side, hey, guess what? There's another person here in his household with other devices that the real real does want to get in front of. Um, so, well, maybe I don't want them to actually get in front of our household, but uh But yes, uh, in theory, that's how it works. So here's how we can have both the best of both worlds. Yes. Okay. So I think if you start with a deterministic matching logic, right? And, you know, depending on that use case, right? I think probabilistic matching, albeit probably less accurate, uh, it can be used to fill in some of the gaps.
1: Because it's speed. So that was the one thing we talked about earlier, and I wanted to kind of loop back around because we're talking about speed of processing data, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think from a speed standpoint, right? I think both can be e- equally fast if, if built correctly. Um, but I think that, you know, the foundational deterministic um, identity graph um, will be probably, depending on the use case, I, I can't speak for every use case out there, right? There's there's tons of use cases where a probabilistic graph makes perfect sense and, and you wanna get as much volume as possible, accurate or not. You just need to be able to, you know, get some, some data. Um, where I think you know, for most digital activation use cases, you want to know for certainty you're getting to the right person, the right individual. If you're really focused on identity resolution, which is the core, um, foundational you know solution for for driven IQ, it's 100% deterministic. And maybe where we fall short, if we can have 100% deterministic match, that A B C D E F and G are all one to one match to Jason Harris, well, we probably wouldn't use probabilistic matching on the main core things. But we might be able to say, hey, probabilistic matching can come in over the top based on these 40 different, you know, site browsing histories to make an assertion that you might be really interested in phishing.
1: 100%, which makes sense so you, that you run a foundation of deterministic, right? Yep. At the core, that's what you have to do. And then right. if you want to kind of, um, I guess, um, fluff it up a little bit. All right, um, you know, probabilistic makes sense, but I mean, these are the kinds of questions that we have to ask, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so what is the core of their identity graph? What is the core of their solution? And guys, and just to kind of recap real quick, you know, um, you know, first thing first, you got to find out if they're a controller or a processor. Yep. Right. Like that yep. That's your first one. All right, and then and then you need to ask them, you know, if they have an identity graph, and then of course how that identity graph is built, and you know, de- deterministic or probabilistic. All right, there's benefits to both, but if you're looking for the cream of the crop, all right, it's a it's a deterministic foundation, and then if needed, it can be brought some probabilistic uh, models in to kind of enhance all right that data, but at the core, the core, core, core of it needs to be deterministic for it to have that Wagyu taste. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's important to know, right? It's important to 100% know, you know, um, what type of identity graph that they're working with, right? Is it, is it a probabilistic graph? Is it a deterministic graph? Um, you know, what? how are you... Foundationally, you know, sourcing your data. Where's this data coming from? Can they show? You know, here's another question, right? Can you show me, or can you, you know, express to me how the sourcing of the data or the data collection is happening, right? Yes. Can you show the opt-ins? Can you can you show where they opted in? Can you show that consent, you know, framework? Um, and I think that that's another uh, important piece of it too. Well, right? I think
1: we need to add that to our top three because that's an insanely important piece. I mean, we can do a whole nother podcast just on liability, but yep. at the core, you have to ask this question. So, Albert, how would you properly word that if you're if you're if you're the agency this time and you're asking a data company, how would you how would you word that? <clears throat>
0: um, can you walk me through your data collection um, uh, processes? Can you walk me through how you? Um, are you know implementing those mechanisms. you know what is what does the data collection mapping look like for your for your business? Um, how are you storing that data? and um, how can you validate and verify, you know, the opt-in, you know, policies and, you know, can you map, can you map that? Can you show it? Can you show it to me? Can you, very simply put, we, we expose it, right? So, so when we actually do our identity resolution and and you go onto our platform, we literally will show, Hey, this, you know, this person um, opted in, you know, this location on this date at this time. And if we needed to, you know, our platform has the ability to be audited down to the actual, uh, you know, place where they you know privacy policy where they actually opted in so can, and, can you can you show that data collection submission process
1: and and guys if you're out there guys if you're out there and you're watching you're listening to this and and that becomes a red flag with the company that you're talking to it's a big one okay uh because you can be held liable for this like i said it's almost a whole nother podcast for liability when it comes to that point now right um but you know i look i know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation today but, you know, look, we have three amazing questions, all right, that you have to ask, all right, before you start purchasing data. And we encourage everybody out there watching listening, you need to be purchasing data, all right? It will literally supercharge, all right, your marketing efforts to a whole nother level if you're not doing it. And if you are doing it, it look at ways you can even take it even farther, all right? So you need to ask, all right, are they controller or are they a processor? Okay, right? Then you need to ask, all right, about their identity map, all right? Do they have a foundation of it being deterministic? And, you know, are they able to layer probabilistic on it to, to kind of expand on that? And third, and guys, and we can't stress with you how insanely important this question is, is you need to be able to say, show me the consent. Show me the consent. I need to see it. I need to know how you got it, how you validated it, how you store it. What do you think albert does that sound good i
0: i I think that's it man and i think we can we can take it from there right i think next it should be you know you know how we're 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 unifying the data how we're activating the data and and you know implementing customer journeys and you know identity resolution and activating first party data so i think yes that is
1: literally what the next podcast is so there you guys heard it there's the teaser see i I have to if i let albert go he'll just share all of this i'll I'll give it all make him save it for the next one but yes once you have that You got to take those next steps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it with this. I'll leave it with this, Jason, because this is exciting, right? Um, Think of a world, right? When and I want, I want everyone to get excited about this because this is where we're going to get to. This is what we're going to talk about. Love it. But in a world where, for years, right, marketers and brands and advertisers have all been optimizing and managing um, their campaigns. All based off of just numbers, right? A three point five percent click through rate or a thirty three percent bounce rate, right? Um, there's a world, and we're going to talk about it, where we need to get to the place where we're talking about people based targeting, people based marketing, um, people based driven um, attribution, you know, addressability. So uh, you know, there's there's a, a definite place here where. Uh, this can really change uh, the entire game as to how marketers um, activate their data across the digital um, platform.
1: And that is why you guys need to tune in for next episode. Hey, for everybody out there watching and listening, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to jam with us today. Albert, this has always been so much fun. Everyone, you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks, guys.